0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Coaching Podcast from British Canoeing Awarding Body.
1: Hello, welcome to this Talent Parent Programme podcast episode where we'll be talking about how to support your child when they might be preparing for an important race such as selection. We've recently covered a podcast on parenting at events where we discuss some key principles that parents should aim to follow. And we also discuss the importance of having good communication channels with your child and coach. Building on that podcast episode, for today's podcast, we'll go into more detail on how a parent can help their child when they're preparing for an important race, such as selection. And we hear firsthand an account from a parent of the journey that they've had with their child during this particular situation and the learnings that they took forward from this experience. I'm delighted today to be joined by Ian Raspin, the Canoe Slalom England national talent coach. Hi, Raz. Hey, how are you doing? Good, thanks. And we've also got Steve Pearson, who's father of a former England slalom talent programme athlete, Zach. Hi, Steve. Hi, Dan. Great to have you both with us, thank you. So as athletes progress up the pathway, they'll be racing in higher caliber events, such as selection races. Common parental support needs are those in administration and logistics. However, there are some sort of psychological support mechanisms that a parent can provide to their child as well. So, as inevitably, juniors who are striving to make a GB junior team will be focused on doing well at selection but what things can a parent do to help their child with their selection preparation? Uh,
2: Thanks, Dan. Um, I think, first of all, it might be worth just going over. I apologise if I'm repeating a little bit of some of the messages that Happy brought to the uh, previous podcast, but I think it's worth just reiterating a little bit of the psychology um, of performance under pressure, as we might call it, and help parents understand the journey that athletes are going through. So um, some of you will recognize that anxiety is provoked when uh, the outcome of a situation is important and potentially you're unsure whether you have the competencies to undertake the task at hand. And we all know when we become a little bit anxious, we also become a little bit twitchy and maybe uh, our emotions get the better of us and that just exacerbates the relationship um, and the challenges that a parent might have to manage with, uh, with a parent. And I think it's worth um, parents recognising how they frame the event so that an athlete maybe doesn't see the event as, as threatening in terms of trying to deliver this top three, if we're talking about selection, performance, um, and trying to frame it in a different way, which doesn't provoke that anxiety that is resulted by this particular outcome we're trying to achieve. So what I tend to do when I'm working with the athletes is trying to redefine what success is Um, And it's very easy, particularly at these events, where we know that a top three performance makes the team and anything outside of that doesn't make the team. Um, And it's very easy to default to believe that success is achieving the team and not. Um, And an athlete will be anxious because the outcome is important to them, particularly if they believe that they are somebody who is contending, seriously contending a place there, um, and have the, Uh, level of competencies necessary to achieve that point, uh, to to achieve that. Um, What we need to do is ensure that what we see as success is something that is controlled by them and not outside of their control. We're more confident about achieving something when it's within our control. And so you will hear coaches and psychologists talking about focusing on the processes And in this particular instance, then the messages that I present are about athletes judging success based on achieving those processes. And those processes can be far and wide, and some of those may be rooted in their preparation of the course. It might be involved in their warm-up processes, um, and some of it might be about getting themselves in the right mental state. But... What I also recognize is the ability to undertake those technical challenges that result in a successful execution of the course. And if we can focus the athletes to be clear that that is the challenge in front of them, to recognize the technical challenges and to formulate a plan which allows them to then produce a performance, which hopefully will put them in the top three, Um, and and they're focusing on those processes in order to deliver that, then they will feel less concerned about the situation. So I suppose my opening comment, I know it's been a bit long-winded, I apologize, but my opening comment is to try and frame success in a manner that is controlled uh, by the athlete, and by that I'm talking about those processes. Um, that are so important you know, to, to undertake in order to get that desired outcome that both parents and athlete are hoping for.
1: That's great. And um, yeah, a couple of points that you mentioned there kind of did build upon um, the previous podcast episode and where we did talk about the processes as well. And that's hugely significant and um, I'm glad you've kind of reinforced that there. Um, I know we're going to talk a little bit about processes in this podcast episode, um, I'm going to bring Steve in next to have a bit of a a parent perspective on that. Uh, I know we had a little chat before this podcast episode and you sort of talked about a couple of the processes that you went through with Zach. I'm just going to unpick a couple of things slightly. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the processes, but also the emotions and behaviours that Zach had during sort of that time when he was um, competing at a junior selection So looking back at the time when Zach um, competed at Junior Selection, what sort of emotions and behaviours did he exhibit? And in what way did you try to to help Zach with that, Steve?
0: Thank you, Dan. Um, So in terms of of Zach's journey, um, he did a lot of races at Selection. Um, We've got some good examples there. And his emotions to... The build up of those races included what you would expect and probably what to see from other paddlers at other races but perhaps a little bit uh, stronger at selection so you know excitement was perhaps a little bit more elevated anxiety was perhaps a little bit deeper um, he got some confidence based on some success that he'd got but also a little bit of fear um, to the point I think that Raz was making around what those goals are so one of the key things that I meant in terms of how did I try to help Zach was trying to align with him and his coach to try and figure out what they were trying to do and what they were trying to achieve. At the end of the day, he's got a coach, he knows what he's doing and he was growing up really well. So if if I could understand the expectations and the goals for that race weekend, I could support him in a more positive way, um, offering the right feedback on those specific goals. And that really, really made a difference. Um, After a few years, you'd never get it right on the first one, Um, but really, really helped Zach in terms of those weekends. His emotions, they were up and down, um, I was trying to be consistent, um, trying to deal with negative emotions uh, is always a challenge. Um, you know letting Zach vent was a key and learning to let him vent was a key for me. Uh, but also asking him to do some positive habits like talking to his coach, um, looking at his video reviews, understanding the sorts of things from the sections that might have gone well where he thinks things are all bad. or understanding from something that looks good, what might not have been so good to take into the next session. So just trying to push him to stick to his good habits and um, trying to give him some consistencies. Um, we spent lots of lots of time in hotel rooms down at Lee Valley um, and time where we're eating together. And a lot of that time we can talk about canoeing stuff. Um, in the early years, the habits that I had were potentially unhelpful, but I learned through Zach and through his coaches that actually. He knows what they, he's doing. They know what they're doing. So for me, what, what do I need to do? And consistency and support and looking at those goals really helped him with his emotions and his way forwards.
1: Thanks, Steve. Yeah, that's a really good um, account of, of you, the journey that you had with SAC. With um, Raz, based on the experiences that you've had working with SAC and Steve o- over the couple of years, um, Though any couple of thoughts that you've had on what Steve's just mentioned there, particularly around how Steve was mentioning about aligning with the coach and um ensuring that there was the same goals and understanding.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's the uh, I, I don't think Zach needed a coach, Steve. I was very impressed with that answer. Covered up <laughs> covered all the bases. Um yeah, I think you know what Steve highlights about appreciating where the focus lies both for the coach and, and the athletes, and hopefully those those things are aligned, um, so that they can reinforce the same messages. If I, if I just take a step back to what I was saying earlier, um, I think one of the classic scenarios that we find with parents is that they don't appreciate quite as, quite as much as we would like, uh, certainly not initially, how talking about outcomes and results is the catalyst to provoking additional anxiety. Um, You know the athlete doesn't need reminding that, that this is where they're at and this is their result and this is what they have to achieve and that sort of language doesn't help to put the athlete in the correct mindset in order to get the best performance. So as a coach and as an athlete we learn To even though we know very well that those things are important and probably are the bottom line in a lot of situations, we put that stuff to one side and what we try and do is encourage the athlete to focus on the things that they control. So I know I'm repeating myself a little bit here, but the things that they can control and uh, well, and through that, through that, um, situation, then invest their time and energy in those correct processes, so that they get the best result that they can. Um, So I would say that by a parent being aware of what are the key messages that the athlete and the coach are trying to bring or or the messages that the coach is trying to bring, supported obviously by the athlete um, and and the direction of movement, if the parents are aware of those and are aware of um, some of the pitfalls that I've highlighted, then they can choose the language in which they communicate with their athlete or their, their, their sons and daughters so that it's seen in a less provoking and threatening way, which to them is just normal language and outside of an intense competitive setting wouldn't seem like a big deal. But when we're around these environments where, you know, we are wanting to achieve these outcomes, it's very easy for athletes to become oversensitive um, about talking about the outcomes, the results and things like that. So I would say that that, that, that message was very appropriate for uh, Steve to, to reinforce.
1: And Steve, um, were, you, were you kind of aware of that as well with SAC? Um, did you think that um, you, you knew that you had to portray um, a message in a particular way based on SAC's goals and expectations?
0: Yes, I think one of the things that we've found with the, the talent pathways, there's, there's information such as this podcast that comes out that helps parents and athletes alike. Um, I was fortunate enough early, early years to be involved in a, a sort of classroom session with a few athletes and a few coaches. And,
1: uh, and one of the messages
0: there was um, aligning on expectations. So, you know, if the parent's expectation is, you know, my kid's uh, currently ranked first in the UK, he's going to make get selection. Um, parents' expectation is is through the roof. Um, child might be a little bit nervous, perhaps uh, not had a great winter training, maybe had a couple of injuries, and, and mindset might be might be different. And that misalignment is is massively unhelpful in the conversations. And we we found that a group of his parents picked that up and spoke with our our children and understood. Actually, we're we're a little bit away from this, and it's and it's it's massively unhelpful, not just for selection but for other races. So, um, really got a lot of stuff like that, and that's just one example um, through the uh, through the talent pathway of where we we pick that up. So, very easy to enforce. I'm a believer of the process. Uh, the process seems to work. So, yeah, hopefully to answer your question, yeah, we got that tip from British Canoe. Thank you. <laughs>
1: That's great. It's, it's good that um all those workshop parent workshops have um come handy and um obviously with messages have been reinforced really well there um yeah that's great um so actually prior to recording this podcast episode we conducted a bit of a short survey with junior athletes asking them to list the sort of feelings that they experienced prior to a selection or important race and and some of the paddlers mentioned. And and some things that you kind of mentioned at the beginning there, Steve, of what SAC would feel, the the common feelings of excitement, adrenaline, um, but also potential feelings of nausea and feeling stress or or having that loss of appetite. Um, Some other athletes said at the start of the season, they weren't so worried, but more towards the end of the season, they can be a little bit more stressed because they're potentially perhaps chasing promotion and and they can feel a little bit of pressure and they want to do well. Um, Other people, um, again, would say that they were nervous, but also ready to go in that full race mode. So a a variety of different emotions that um, you kind of mentioned at the beginning, Raz. So I think that that definitely mirrored some of the things that Steve relates to the emotions that Zach would feel prior to a selection or an important race. Um, Raz, I'm sure that some of those responses are not surprising. Um, what sort of things could a parent say or do to help their child if they experience any of those types type of symptoms that I've just mentioned and listed there?
2: Um, well, if an athlete is feeling excited and challenged, those are some of the key, key words we tend to use as coaches. Um, then, then I would say that's a positive place to be. Um, It suggests that the task ahead of them is within their capabilities and they see there's a a significant chance of them achieving what they're set out to do. So if those sort of emotions are there, then I think they're in a good place. Um, Again, I would be focusing parents to be thinking about what it is that the athlete needs to be doing in order to achieve that outcome rather than getting caught up in the outcome itself. Um, So that that would be uh, the first the first thing Um, in regards to anxiety and concerns, as you mentioned a moment ago, you know, those are very, very common um, type. Uh, experiences to have when you're feeling under a a little bit of pressure and as I said to start with, when the outcome is important. So anybody who's listening to this, they can think back to a situation where the outcome is important, whether it's taking an exam, doing a driving test or presenting in front of a group of peers, they know that they get anxious. So it's a very it's a very common type emotion when the outcome is important. So in that type of situation, Um, I think it's worth reminding the athlete that it is um, a normal type of emotion to experience. And there's actually a line of psychology, which rather than trying to prevent uh, anxiety arising, it doesn't maybe always align with my school of thinking, but there is a line of thinking which which basically encourages athletes to come to terms and recognize that that is natural and acceptable and and just to see it as part and parcel of the journey that they're on and frame it in a manner in which it's not seen as counterproductive or destructive to the performance that they're trying to produce, but is actually um, messages and prompts to say the body is now up and ready to do battle, um, as we all know, the fight and flight response um, that 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 we experience goes back to, to when we were caveman and running away from from uh, whatever it might be that was hunting us down. So um, it is there to try and enhance your performance and make you not only uh, physically but cognitively sharp. So 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 that would be another another approach. Um, to take with any young athlete who is anxious about these feelings that maybe are not making them feel that pleasant, and I think we can all probably appreciate that those uh, when when those emotions are in, uh, intense, then it's not the nicest of feelings. Feeling of sick, maybe a little bit uh, lethargic, um, don't want to eat, um, and, and a number of a number of other ones that uh, I'm sure we can all think of.
1: Absolutely. And whilst we're talking about emotions and how athletes want to kind of unpick how athletes deal with their emotions. And I know that I can imagine how athletes deal with their emotions will be hugely different um, for athletes that are more experienced and higher up the pathway and have experienced that maybe selection a couple of different ty- couple of times before. Um, compared to some athletes that might be at a different stage of the pathway. So what sort of things would you expect from athletes at both stages of the pathway and what advice would you give to parents who, who might be, have children uh, of different, a lower stage of the pathway and then perhaps others that were at a higher stage of the pathway, like when, when, when Zach was in uh, the end squad and, and Steve was um, supporting Sack.
2: I suppose the first thing to recognize is whenever we're thrown into a new experience, there's a a lot of learning going on. And in this type of setting, as we're talking around emotions, then for for any athlete that hasn't done too much of that sort of stuff, then those feelings uh, will be coming to the fore. i guess it worth reiterating what i said initially i think depending on how the athlete sees their chances of making the team if we're talking about selection that can significantly influence the emotions that they're likely to experience so for an athlete who can see that they're a long way off making the team but there might be a slim chance with a following win that they might make the team then they're unlikely to get um very anxious and uptight about the situation because uh, they recognize that maybe the outcome is beyond what on a normal day-to-day basis they're capable of producing. Um, but when uh, when they are you know in that ballpark of contending for places, that is where we see um, the biggest, response and 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 those heightened levels of emotion so for somebody who's not experienced in going through that what you'll find is that you'll they will react um adversely and maybe rationally at times to uh, there was an example of a parent who said to me um my little johnny seems to get really upset when i'm trying to help him get his kit on and get his boat ready and things and I don't understand why that. I'm only trying to help him. Um, and I had to explain to him that in his eyes, what you're actually doing is inadvertently saying to this athlete, this is an important event. It's so important that I'm going to do additional stuff on top of what I would normally do in order to get you ready for it. And although the intent is good, the message that is coming across is just reinforcing how important this event is, which just stirs additional anxiety. Um, so, so those sort of emotional outbursts and that, well, if, you've, if you, anyone's read the Steve Peters book, they will be familiar with the term the chimp the chimp emotions. Um, so in Steve Peter's book, he talks about the brain having a number of parts to it. Three, we won't get too much into it, but he talks about the human part, which is the rational side of the brain. And that is, you know, that deals with those rational thoughts and it puts things in perspective. Um, whereas the chimp is the part of the brain that maybe thoughts are stir emotional responses and provoke, um, irrational type thinking. Um, For young athletes, particularly, who've not had a great deal of experience, it's very easy for them to slip into an emotional chimp type response. And if the parent is also feeling a little bit chimpy, either because they're nervous and anxious as well, or they're reacting adversely to the response that they're getting from their offspring, then when you get two chimps together, that's the recipe for dynamite. So, you know, I wave a big red flag for parents that when you can see, you know, your child getting a little bit emotional, a little bit chimpy, the best thing for you to do is take a big breath, bite your lips, step away, let them vent, let them vent, and when they seem to have sort of come to terms with the situation a little bit more, trying to talk with, at a rational level with them about what's going on and how can we make this situation better.
1: Sorry. Really good advice, yeah. Um, and and um, that's a really good example. Said that, yeah. And um,
2: just just to finish the
1: answer to your, to your question about how it might look for somebody who's had more
2: experience. Don't get me wrong, you know. When something is important to people and they don't, and they fail to achieve it, there is an emotional response. Um, It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter whether you're an Olympic champion or whether you're a young lad trying to make the team for the first time, there is always an emotional response. What you will see in the difference is how the speed in which the more experienced elite athlete, if that's what we're gonna call them, can deal with those emotions. That's the difference. They have practiced various strategies known in the world of psychology as coping strategies to try and moderate those emotions and bring themselves from that chimp state back to the human state or from the emotional state back to the rational state, because those individuals recognize that while you're in a chimp state, you aren't going to be constructive in trying to Um, address the issues that need addressing in order to produce a better performance on the next opportunity. Um, So through their experiences and through some of the messages they've had with some of the psychologists working with them and the coaches will recognize that by running around shouting and screaming and shouting obscenities and whatever it is, that's not going to help. There might be a little bit of benefit, (laughs) by venting that's a recognized coping strategy i might just suggest that um, if they are going to shout and scream a little bit they do it in a private corner a bit more than out on the public um, sports field Um, but they're just better at closing down that chimp getting themselves from that emotional state back into the rational state so it's not that they don't get emotional it's just how they deal with it that is the difference
1: yeah thank you for explaining all that i know that we've um covered a little bit around the chimp paradox in in a couple of previous podcast episodes and um webinars in the talent parent program so um i encourage you to um look at the additional information and resources section on our website if you want some further reading around the the chimp paradox there i'm going to bring you back in in steve now and um just going to talk a little bit around how as Zach did progress up the talent pathway, um, did the support that you had for him change over time? And if it did, in, in what sort of way and, and how?
0: Yes, Dan, so yes, of course he uh, it, it changed. Zach started off paddling, I think when he was about 11 years old, he was the smallest um, in the little group of paddlers that he got into. And um, it started off with making it fun, traveling him around, buying his kit, keeping him warm, keeping him warm and perhaps keeping him warm because um, we'd, keep, we'd train over the winter. So, you know, a lot of that was around and parents joke about it. You know, it's taxi, it's the bank of mum and dad, it's the uh, it's the chef and the organiser. So, you know, as a, as a little, that's where we were. He we started getting into SRS and ENTS, uh, moving up that talent pathway, maturing a little. Um, and for, for me, it moved a little bit away from um, chasing him down the riverbank and and perhaps shouting, um, you know, uh, up, up, up and stuff like that, that felt relevant at the time to, uh, to let him get on with that and to uh, to let him uh, tell me a little bit more what, what he needed. So um, that would involve me saying to him, you know, he's 16, 17 year old, these kids are now are a little bit more independent than we perhaps give them credit for. Um, you know, what do you need from me? Um, I've read that book, The Chimp Paradox. I think it's brilliant. I've not got shares in it, I don't think Raz has, but I would recommend reading it. Um, but yeah, change my thought the thinking process. What do you need from me, Zach? Um, it's about you, it's not about me. Um, we'd have a little bit of a, a discussion, um, a little bit about what I said earlier, all the time that we were spending either in a Premier Inn or having something to eat or, or just walking them down the river, back in between training sessions or races. Um, and um, it, that would change from doing everything to, oh, can you just weigh my boat, dad? uh can you make me a milkshake after me run? can you carry me a water bottle um that sort of thing so for me um yes uh, the support i gave was was different from kind of doing most things for him and with him to kind of being that biggest fan uh in the back in the background um you know putting him first and uh, and getting my enjoyment from from seeing seeing him grow up as well as uh, performing well so yeah for sure Um, It changes you. And it changes you emotionally uh, as well. A lot of stuff that Raz has said, i am sitting here nodding my head, echoing uh, what he's he's talking through. So hopefully that kind of answers the question. Yeah, it
1: it does. I mean, uh, as you say, at at the early stages, it it was that practical level of support that you offered um zach and then and um, you know as, as he progressed at the pathway um kind of you you understanding as he you know he's aspiring to to make the team and stuff you you you've understanding more this psychological support mechanisms that you can do to to try to help zach and and some of the bits that raz has mentioned in this podcast episode um of sure. yeah 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 yeah
0: yeah
1: yeah I'm going to draw this podcast to a close very shortly, um, but I've got one final question for both of you. Um, I'll come to you first, Steve. Um, and that what top tip would you give to parents where their child is going, to, is going through a similar sort of stage of, of junior selection or always don't want having an important race coming up and stuff?
0: I think I've said it a few times. My, my top tip is what, what does your child want? What are they trying to get out of it? And quickly get onto their page and support them Um, it's about them and the quicker you, you you can align the the more you can do for them so that would be my top tip
1: that's great thank you yeah so it's all about uh, keeping that good open communication channel um between that athlete parent and coach for sure um raz what would your top tip be
2: uh my top tip uh, the risk of sounding like a I was going to say records stuck, stuck in a groove, but a lot of the audience who are listening to that want to appreciate that analogy. Uh, but it sounds like I'm repeating myself for probably the third or the fourth time now, is recognising that people get anxious and consequently the experience is maybe tainted a little bit and not as enjoyable as they would like when they feel that they're going to fail. They're not going to be successful. So the question or the prompt that I would give any parent and any child is how are you measuring success? And as I said, it's very easy in an event like selection where we know the top three boats go on the team and the rest don't, to simply measure it by saying, if you make the top three, you're a success, and if you don't, you're a failure. In my eyes, and the eyes of all the coaches on the program and the psychologists who work alongside those athletes, they will be encouraging both parents and athlete to define success through doing the key processes well and seeing that as success. And hopefully if they do that well, they will achieve the outcome that they're both after
1: a really good tip to finish up on um as you mentioned um just praising their effort and the processes and if if they don't quite make it changing the perspective and it's a learning opportunity for growth for future races and and so on and so forth yes
2: i can i can see you're knowledgeable around the stuff as well (laughs) then
1: So um, thanks all for being involved in today's podcast episode. Um, thank you, Raz, and, and thank you, Steve. It's great to have you with us.
0: You're welcome. Okay. Yeah.
1: And this podcast episode is available on the British Canoeing Talent Parent Programme webpage on the podcast section of our website. It's also available to listen to on Spotify, Podbean, or Apple podcast channels. Just follow our new podcast name, British Canoeing Coaching. So thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. Remember to review, rate and subscribe. Bye for now.